morning. The responsive reading is coming from the Gray Hymnal, uh, number 568. Connections are made slowly. I'll read the items in bold, and we will, uh, you guys will follow with everything in italics, and we'll see how we do from there. Connections are made slowly. Sometimes they grow underground. More than half a tree is spread out in the soil under your feet. Fight persistently as the creeper that brings down the tree. Gnaw in the dark and use the sun to make sugar. Live a life you can endure. Make love that is loving. Live as if you like yourself, and it may happen. <laughs> That's a good. This is how we are going to live for a long time, not always. For every gardener knows that after the digging, after the planting, after the long season of tending and growth, the harvest comes. So good morning. So we are the Committee on Ministry, and I appreciate you guys all coming out for a service on the Committee on Ministry. It's not usually a big draw, but it's, it's, it's really nice. <laughs> but what we want to do today is, is talk a little bit about our committee, but I think it at the same time is kind of a, an analogy to the, the ministry as a whole, to our congregation. So we're going to draw some connections between the two. So we're going to talk about what the Committee of Ministry is, what the committee uh, does, who's on the committee of ministry, and what we're supposed to be doing. So start off, uh, Eric's going to give a, a reading to give us a little bit of grounding, and you can introduce the, uh, the author. Uh, the author um, from which we have drawn the committee, the concept of the committee on ministry is a Reverend Robert T. Latham, who wrote a book in startling yellow called Moving On from Church Folly Lane. Um, the picture is a little more interesting than actually most of the contents of the book, but there's a lot of things in here that are really, really interesting, and we have picked some of, Jerry picked some of the more interesting parts, and I guess you'll decide whether it's actually interesting, and if you think it's not, then that'll give you a clue as to the rest of the book. Um, so the, this is on the concept of the Committee on Ministry. The concept of the COM began emerging in the late 1970s. It was originally grounded in two concerns. Congregations normally evaluated the effectiveness of the professional minister, but not of themselves. The implication was that it was the professional minister who was responsible for the success or failure of the congregation's ministry rather than the congregation. This also implied that the minister rather than the congregation owned this ministry. The existence of a ministerial relations committee amplified the foregoing issues. Why should the professional minister have a relations team and not the congregation? Why would the professional minister need an advisory team and not the congregation? Why would the professional minister have an agent of accountability and not the congregation? 
Where, except in religion, is it perceived that the basic leader of an institution needs a relational advocate? What the minister does need in the congregation being served is a group of caring and open lay people who will give honest and persistent feedback and advice relative to the effectiveness of the ministry and the minister within the context of the congregation's total ministry. And in turn, what these lay people read what these lay people need is a minister whose ego is of sufficient strength as to be unthreatened by this advice. This is the purpose of the comms role in respect to the professional minister's part of the congregation's total ministry. So the three of us kind of got together. Um, we kind of re resurrected the committee on ministry with the um, Cindy's uh, coming to our congregation. So we're going to kind of share why we're, why we decided to take on the responsibility. Why, why do we say yes? So originally I, I joined the Committee on Ministry back in 2006. Uh, we were still getting used to a professional minister. We were uh, lay-led for 50 years and we had just recently brought Dawn on. At, at that time I thought I could help. I had about 10 years experience with the fellowship. I just finished my term as president, but even still it was a challenging role. We still, at that time, weren't sure if moving away from a fully lay-led ministry, where we owned all the ministry, was the right decision. So I'm a member now because I enjoyed that experience 10 years ago, and the challenges we face haven't changed that much at all. Uh, we are still trying to understand who we are and what we can do effectively, and if I can help with that, then it's time well spent. Hi, I'm Bill Hart. I want to just take a moment to say <laughs> probably one of the most boring books I've ever read, but, <laughs> but, but it was very, very valuable to we three in establishing the Committee on Ministry. He has great advice from moving from a small fellowship like we were to uh, a small fellowship <laughs> with a minister. Okay, at first I became a member of this committee when Don was our minister. And I've been a COM member ever since. I've been involved each time we've had a different minister. I've stayed on the committee. Uh, Josh was the first person who approached me to become a member of the committee. And I felt I'm very hesitant in agreeing. He had to really chase me around the parking lot a little bit before I even would come to a meeting, but I'm really glad I did because it's a very important part of this fellowship or any other. I'm glad I changed my mind and, and that my pre preconceived thoughts and fears changed with it as I under, understood better how the Committee on Ministry functions and how, I could in, how my input could help the fourth UU overall. I felt that the aims and the missions of the COM, I had found a way to help our fellowships, congregation, the board, and the minister address its goals and its mission. Hi, I'm back again. Uh, <clears throat> and so as the newer member of the uh, committee, I have a lot of it is tied up in sort of my more personal and emotional feelings is why I was accepted the invitation to uh, serve in this capacity. 
And so as we've gone over the comms definitions and the role, and we'll go over the role that we play in the fourth for our congregation and the ministries, we'll take some time to dive in to what those ministries are and what they mean. Uh, Bill and Josh just expressed their reasons for accepting, and I really do echo the idea that it allows me to sort of see myself as part of a larger whole and participating as a voice not only for newer members and people who were friends and you know kind of coming coming and going at first and feeling them feeling their way out but also to serve the minister but that being said many of my reasons are pers- personal and sort of selfish <laughs> as our as a friend in our first visit here after not having a real spiritual home for many years my my attachments to the reverend at the time reverend karen were were deep, emotional, and, and almost unnervingly unexpected. I'm also a person who's very resistant to change, as Pam will, Pam Cook will attest. So learning of Pam, uh, Reverend Karen moving on cut me in a way for which I was wholly unprepared. And after reflection, I thought that lending my voice to the ministerial search committee would help me process that change, but it also helped me define my place here. And quite by accident, listening to Bill, Mark, Bernstein, and Harold talk about candidates' attributes and backgrounds, but also being able to seamlessly connect them not only to past moments and ministers in our history, but to where we are and where we want to go helped me see something pretty profound. It helped me understand that through processing Reverend Karen's departure, I was seeking to root my connection here, and I found myself thinking a lot about the folks whose lives are woven into the fabric of this place, many of whom are in this room either in body or in spirit. And so accepting I wanted to accept joining into the history of this place and to help care for our community's health and work. And once Reverend Cindy joined as our minister, I also deeply felt a responsibility to make sure that the search committee's recommendation to the board was well served. And I also felt a responsibility to serve not only her growth and success, but that of our congregation. So being invited to the comm for a three-year stint seemed the happiest of coincidences, almost like I was being presented to an answer to a question I'd only begun to ask myself. And I feel very deeply that serving in this way helps me add my own threads to the tapestry we're weaving here. So now we're going to take a very serious look at our significant functions of the comm. All right, all right, all right, listen, listen, listen Bill listen, and Eric, hey, 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 Bill, we've gone over this numerous times. You can disagree with each other, but you must treat each other with respect and live by the, live by our seven principles. But, 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 it's Eric. So one of our, one of our functions is uh, to help with some conflict resolution. So Bill's going to, Bill's going to go into that a little bit. That's right. (laughs) Behave myself. This is probably the most difficult thing to do. When we are faced with any number of things that might come our way, it could be from an individual who's unhappy with uh, the minister or a service that they heard that they didn't understand it quite the way they thought it should have been. They're concerned enough that they come to us to share their concern, or it could be a couple such as we demonstrated that had an argument over something in fellowship that's happened and they have hurt feelings perhaps and they come to us 
uh, asking if we could be a, a source of finding middle ground. Um, it might be a ministry that's having difficulty functioning, and they come to us after recognizing they were having difficulty, or we go to them when we recognize that perhaps they aren't functioning to the benefit of the entire congregation. And we will <clears throat> then meet with the couple or the individual or the ministry, try to listen more than talk about what their issues might be, and then ask them how would they like to resolve this and provide whatever help we can to help them find middle ground and to not have it percolate any further. Um, almost in every situation we have resolved it and before it ever has to move any further. If we cannot help, if we cannot help to find middle ground um, and it looks like it isn't going to stop, then we will have to insist that everybody understands that we have done all that we can ask them if they have any, any possible solutions that we haven't heard. And if that still isn't enough, it becomes an issue that we take to the board and share with them. But up until that time, nobody knows but us. It's completely confidential. No one is spoken about outside our circle when we meet. Anybody have any questions at that point about it? Okay. My handwriting is actually really, really poor, and I'm working as hard as I can to improve it. And Bill has mentioned that many times. Thank you, Josh. And thank you, Josh, for providing a real-time illustration to what the meetings are like. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. Um, the other function that uh, we serve on the comm is as an evaluation tool for the minister and also a sounding board for the minister as they learn and grow with the uh, congregation. And two of the concepts that have resonated with me since they were mentioned in our first discussions about what, uh, what we would be presenting in the service um, were, and loosely quoted, understanding what our ministries are help to answer why we come on Sundays. And the second one concept is ministry is what we all do together. And for me, these concepts are inextricably linked. And even the mere idea of deeply exploring these as concepts is part of what drew me here and a reason why I ex accepted the invitation to serve on the comm. They also point to one of the comm's core functions, evaluating and serving as support for our minister. Exploring shared ministry as a lay-led congregation actually appears to be one of the unique attributes of Unitarian Universalism, and it's also particularly uh, unique to our history here which, as Josh mentioned, has been exclusively lay-led for the majority of its 60-plus year history. And so when we think about the idea of ministering together, actually adding a minister to the equation is a relatively new concept for us. And it's one where the minister and the congregation, in a shared back-and-forth, learn, teach, grow, and hopefully thrive together. Yep. As a member of the comm, I see myself as a conduit for the members and friends that make up our community, whether it's a first-time visitor or someone who has links to our earliest days. 
this is the prism through which I view the process of evaluating our, our minister, whether filling out formal evaluations for the UUA or in presenting the dis and discussing the needs, concerns, and quirks of our community for the minister to absorb and consider as they go about the work of being our spiritual partner. In this way, for me, praise, criticism, and observation become part of the same spectrum of teaching, learning, and sharing in right relationship. The other critical part of the comms function in this regard directly relates to the minister and serving as their sounding board and support as they go through the spiritual work for us. And as a conduit for the community, it's not really an airing of grievances or personal issues, but it's rather being present for the minister to be an ear for them or a second set of eyes on how to approach an issue or get feedback on something on how it may be received. And in both of these instances, the functions of the comp part of the comm team, I feel responsible to step outside of myself and my own concerns, leaving them either back at home, in my car, or at worst at the front door. And instead, I take the mantle on of channeling the entire spirit of this group. And it's that spirit of community and willingness to serve that most defines the comm for me. It's a way for us to give life to how we minister together and protect the ministries that answer why we come on a Sunday morning. So we talk about ministries, and it's not the minister, it's the ministries. So ministry, by definition, is to provide service to others. Minister in Latin means servant. In our context here at the 4th UU, ministries are how we all serve the congregation and the community. Ministry is what we do together. So knowing our ministries can help us understand why we come here on a Sunday morning. Then a good question for us to ask, what are the ministries of the 4th Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Westchester? And here's a hint, it's more than just Cindy, our minister. We have several standing committees. We have a, a program planning committee, which is called Worship Associates. We have Finance Committee. We have a Building and Grounds Committee. Uh, we have are trying to develop a Religious Education Committee, Membership Committee, Social Action Committee, uh, Caring Hospitality. These committees help us serve our ministries. They are not our ministries. Our ministries are more general than that. I believe we can combine all what we do into a few simple categories our Sunday services, which we can call worship, if you like that term, caring for us and our community, personal development, and social justice. And if you look at the bottom of your order of service, I think it's on the back side, you'll see our mission statement, and you'll see that those missions, those ministries, are consistent with that mission statement. Because I'm an engineer, <laughs> I have to have, have to have visuals. So I took again these again these are my opinions and and certainly open to to comment and and, uh, and feedback. But you can see this is Venn diagram of those four groups that I, I called out, and there's a lot of overlap. So you know we have worship, it's the biggest thing of what we do here, but a part of that is personal development. You know we're obviously trying to build ourselves up. So you can think of worship, caring, personal development, social justice as a Venn diagram, ministries all overlapping one another, with worship being our biggest circle and all ministries overlapping each other in one way or the other. The important thing to remember, and this is coming from Latham's book, is that Cindy's our minister, 
and she's not responsible for these ministries. The mission of the congregation is under the congregation's exclusive ownership. Ministry is everything the congregation does to fulfill its mission. The congregation is ultimately responsible and accountable for the success of the ministry. What is best for the whole of the congregation's ministry is best for those parts of the ministry that make up the whole. And while the minister plays a vital role of leadership within the congregation's ministry, she is a servant of the congregation's ministry and not its owner. So again, quoting Latham, the role of the comm as an agent is as an agent that represents the total of the congregation's ministry. The Committee on Ministry is responsible for monitoring, evaluating, protecting, educating, and advising the congregation in respect to its effectiveness, and which is inclusive of both the minister and the congregation's functions. So this throwing a lot at you. Uh, I hope the service helped you. We're kind of wrapping this up now. Uh, understand what the comm is uh, and why we're serving on the committee. Uh, and like any committee on the 4th UU, we're still a work in progress. We're still trying to figure each other out. We're not perfect. We're trying to figure our best role to play. Uh, we're going to have a, a second hymn, and then we're going to open it up to um, questions and comment and have a discussion. Our second hymn is number 361, Here We Are Gathered. Oh, it's not? Here we are gathered. That's the right title, right, Pam?
So as a con, we, we get feedback from the congregation about how our ministries are doing. So part of the you know, comments I like to hear back is, um, you know, are we serving our ministries well? You know, does anybody have any comment about that? Anybody would like to start? Hi, I, I'm Susan, and um, thank you three very much uh, for um, opening up the veil of mystery over this uh, committee, which I don't think a lot of us really know how it, how it really works, so thank you for explaining it. Um, I, I think that uh, the, uh, the ethical um, stance that you bring to to what you're doing is really beautiful, and I'm glad that you've explained it uh, the way you have. Um, I I don't know how I got on this mailing list, but I get this uh, catalog that's got T-shirts in it, and it lists all the religions with using a four-letter word that starts with S. About uh, I don't know if any of you have seen that, but it ends with Unitarians don't give an S about anything, and. Uh, um, uh, that is so untrue. It, it makes me angry sometimes when I see the jokes that are made about Unitarians uh, by uh, the guy in Wisconsin or wherever he was and other people because we do have a, a strong core of belief and ethical s stance on, on which we stand, a core of values. And uh, I, I think the three of you have expressed this morning how you carry that forward in, in everything we do. Um, I, I do have one question, and that is, hasn't somebody updated that Latham book, and isn't there something better uh, as a guide on this? Unfortunately, no. <laughs> <laughs> he, he does get better, though, chapter by chapter. As he works his way toward the end, it gets much better. You know, and I think piggybacking off of Susan, though, the, the idea that, that uh, I, I appreciate you sort of uh, pulling back the veil also, but what's interesting is, and I think what um, really brings me uh, to this faith community, is the questioning um, that, uh, and you said it often, Josh, you said it repeatedly, like it's, it's all a work in progress and I think that's the thing about this faith community. It is all, there is no answer. There is no sort of ultimate. There, there are some ethical sort of pillars to the work and of, of, of this congregation. But what I appreciate is that seeking of truth. And it's always there that I think is part of our affirmation. Um, and knowing that you know, it's, it's always a journey terms of finding the truth. And that's what I see in, in what you were saying about how the calm work and, and uh, calm works and how this congregation works. Uh, my name is Pamela, and we've just started uh, coming to this congregation this fall. And I just wanted to say thank you for being so articulate, and I was very moved by the kind of things that you had to say about your commitment to the church and why you do what you do, and um, yeah, I appreciate that. I think we need to write down all the different names for the committee to uh, 
be clear about. Uh, thank you, three. I'm Pam. Thank you, three, for another Pam. <laughs> I'm one of three Pams. <laughs> this congregation has always seemed to be Pam heavy. You know, I, I lose a Pam, and I think I'm the only Pam, and then another Pam comes in, and it's a Pam. It's a it's a Pam love. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, thank you guys for the, the work that you do, because I know uh, two of you wear at least two hats, and that's one of the realities of being a small congregation, is that we often are on more than one committee at a time. And, um, the, I, and thank you for reminding us of the shared responsibility for what this congregation can be for one another, for the community, for the world, that it's not you put somebody behind the pulpit and it's their job and we just sit here and take. Um, you know, we're as much responsible for Cindy's growth, who is a new minister and, and you know, learning as she goes, and, and we feed her back, um, and she feeds us with the, the knowledge that she has, which, by the way, I'll add, uh, uh, she just took on an um, executive position at the UU Ministry for Earth, UU Unitarian Universalism, um, so she will be that much more in touch with the larger UU uh, world that she can bring back to us, um, which we can be grateful for. Uh, also, for folks who are fairly new, maybe we can't get the dates right now, but we should kind of say, we when we mention Dawn, Dawn was Dawn Sangri, our first minister. Do you remember what year, Josh? Okay, so she was here 2004, 2011, our first experience with a minister. Then we had Peggy. We had Reverend Peggy Clark for a year, one year, and then we had Reverend Jeff Gamblay for two years to recover from Peggy. <laughs> no, I don't mean it that way. I mean, to recover from the fact that we had Dawn for seven years, and we said, oh, great, you get a minister, you get her for seven years. That's not the case. You have to let them know that you want them to stay or they're going to do their professional duty to move on. Um, and then after... Uh, Jeff is when we got Karen. So Reverend Karen Brammer was with us for five years? Seven, was it really seven years? Wow. No. 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 no I don't. Five. Maybe five. There was no less than five, that's for sure. Right. And, and Reverend Karen left us. Um, she had personal commitments to her family that she couldn't really juggle both anymore. So, uh, and that was when we were very lucky to uh, get Reverend Cindy Davidson who started with us this uh, late summer, I guess July, August, technically, and then the, the services started again in the, in the fall. <laughs> Someone wasn't here for the announcement well, at the beginning. It's on the side, yes. <laughs> but thank you guys for, for bringing up this topic, for doing the work that you do with the congregation, and thank you, everybody, for being part of this shared ministry. Uh, one of the things that I have come to appreciate uh, more than many other places I have visited is this congregational response. It strikes me as anti-authoritarian, uh, an opportunity for people to voice their opinions publicly, and I think it's a wonderful part of the program. 
to second that, yes, uh, that's it, that exactly what I uh, love about the, the UU is that it's very open to uh, receiving response, not just, uh, you know, not just blindly following. Uh, but I wanted to know really quick, how many committees are there? <laughs> I mean, there's the Social <laughs> Justice Committee, <laughs> Committee of Ministry. Just curious. That, that is a very timely question. <laughs> and uh, we, are, we, are, we are planning to make a few announcements. The board has been working on committee uh, governance and uh, trying to shore up some committees that have a low participation. And we also, at the beginning of the year, we think we'll have a committee Sunday where all the committees will be able to present their work. And uh, so we'll be answering that question soon. <laughs> we have a committee on mystery. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for uh, bearing with us on our calm. It's uh, we were hoping not to be too dry. I think it was, I think it was okay. So we'll have our chalice extinguishing. Thank you. 